Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. I'm glad I live in a country uh, made of, of, of laws. As Chris Gleason, reporting for the Gateway Pundit, reported, a bombshell investigation has uncovered jaw-dropping connections between Fannie Willis and a sprawling web of election fraud and money laundering activities. You know, she's raised 92% of her funding out of 44 states outside of Georgia, and only uh, 8% came out of that local area. So that tells you what's going on. The investigation, which spans across multiple states and multiple jurisdictions, has revealed a complex network of illicit operations aimed at undermining the very foundation of our constitutional republic and the rule of law. The first local elected official identified as part of this ongoing money laundering operation was New York DA Alvin Bragg. We cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. Exposed by James O'Keefe and his people at O'Keefe Media Group, Alvin Bragg received massive numbers of campaign finance contributions from this network of individuals who had been identified as Smurfs. FEC data shows that some senior citizens across the U.S. have been donating thousands of times per year. You did donate to AdBlue, right? Yes, uh... Once in a while, yes. What about $18,850? I doubt that. <laughs> $18,672 different contributions that total an amount of $170,000 and 221 cents. No, 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 no. The investigation into Alvin Bragg also helped to uncover the use of prepaid credit and debit cards in the structuring of the campaign finance contributions and the payment to ballot harvesting mules. Illicit campaign finance funds were also identified in the campaigns of the Wisconsin Supreme Court race of Janet Protasiewicz and Senator Ralph Warnock and spread to states such as Missouri, Maryland, Wisconsin, Arizona, and then into every single state in the United States. We have videotape of Jackie Amos going into boxes, bringing in thumb drives, bringing in uh, ballots to be inserted into machines. This is the opportunity to stop corruption and to stop fraud when it comes to elections in the state of Mississippi. This is what Fannie Willis and the Democrats have created in Atlanta. Boarded up in abandoned homes everywhere. Crack houses for blocks and blocks. Fulton County Jail in Atlanta. Another inmate died in custody. Five inmates in the last month, all black. Why? Now, let me see here. You got a black mayor. You got a black prosecutor. You got a black sheriff. And black people are dying at the jail. Where's Al Sharpton? Where's Kamala Harris? Where's Joe Biden? Nowhere to be found. Where's Black Lives Matter? My father is a former, and I guess always, a Black Panther. I take a lot of pride in being black in America. Do you think that you were personally singled out by Fonnie Willis and others uh, to set an example? Oh, absolutely. She wanted to send a message to black folks. You know, there's a huge trend uh, amongst African-American men leaning towards President Trump and uh, looking more into conservatism. And, uh, you know, they definitely don't want that. Some say he's racist and tweets like a kid while overlooking all the good shit that he did.
was recently discovered that 222 contributions to Atlanta DA Fannie Willis's campaign had zero donor information, while one of the out-of-state Fannie Willis campaign contributors had made over 9,178 individual contributions just at the federal level since 2018. Meanwhile, this nationwide money laundering RICO enterprise is making more and more contributions to PACs, and these PACs in turn are financing local candidates. This RICO operation is at the heart of the Democrat Party's ability to retain power, a full-fledged organized crime operation with strong ties to a myriad of Soros-connected organizations operating within a one-world government agenda framework to destroy the United States, now delivered on a silver platter to an unwilling Congress ushering in its own demise. John Bowne reporting. It's Tuesday, September 5th, Year of Our Lord, 2023. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. I am your host, Harrison Smith, Infowars.com, band.video. Here we go to share these links. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about today. We have a heck of a lot to talk about today. Just to just give you a little brief rundown of uh, some of the topics we'll be covering. We got Elon versus the ADL. Really, all of Twitter versus the ADL. Basically, everybody who's not in the ADL versus the ADL. Some very interesting developments in that regard. It's been a not a very good weekend for the Anti-Defamation League. We'll talk about that. We've got Ukrainian Nazis in Florida. We've got vaccine negative effectiveness. The Burning Man Festival has been thoroughly smited by God. We'll talk about that. Israel's banning Africans. Helicopters dropped mutant mosquitoes on an unsuspecting public. Sanctuary cities are panicking over the choices that they made and the consequences of the votes that they make. Persecution of Trump and Trump supporters, the war in Ukraine. And some random political stuff. We'll be joined by Simon in the third hour, do a thorough breakdown of the geopolitical situation. And a lot of videos to show you as well. So let's just get right into it, shall we? Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Tuesday, the 5th of September, 2023. From Wall Street Journal, Chinese gate crashers at U.S. bases spark espionage concerns. Chinese nationals, sometimes posing as tourists, have accessed military bases and other sensitive sites in the U.S. as many as 100 times in recent years, according to U.S. officials who describe the incidents as a potential espionage threat. The Defense Department, FBI, and other agencies held a review last year to try to limit some of these incidents, which involve people whom officials have dubbed gate crashers because of their attempts either by accident or intentionally, to get into U.S. military bases and other installations without proper authorization. They range from Chinese nationals found crossing into a U.S. missile range in New Mexico to what appears to be scuba divers swimming in murky waters near a U.S. government rocket launch site in Florida. That's just the beginning. InfoWars has an article on this as well. It really just just goes to highlight what an unserious country we are. Sort of just goes to the whole theme of america just being complacent 
and just honestly projecting our goodwill and good intentions onto people who don't deserve that uh, benefit of the doubt whatsoever. It's a common theme throughout uh, today's program, actually. It's just you've got American military bases with Chinese people just like storming the gate, literally just like driving through checkpoints as fast as they can or wandering around fences like White Sands National Park and they get caught. And some Americans just like, oh, you, you, you get a little lost there, buddy? And there's like, oh, yes, oh, so lost. I can't believe how, I got, how did I get here? And some Americans like, oh, you. Let me show you the way back. We'll go through the silo. We'll go through the missile silo. We'll go past the control room. Just to, yeah, take pictures. That's fine. You're going to show them to your friends at home. That sounds fun. You come on. So Chinese just like, oh, my God, this is so easy. I can't believe it. It's crazy. It's totally crazy. There's literally... Hundreds of examples of Chinese nationals like caught with like two passports and four cell phones, just like clearly operative sent there by the Chinese government. They all say exactly the same thing. Literally in this article, it's like they all seem to have scripted responses and they say exactly the same thing when confronted. And we're just like just allowing it to happen. It's just happening. That's just happening. So. There's that. Uh, our next story here. Israel's Netanyahu says he wants Eritrean migrants involved in violent crashes to be deported. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Sunday he wants Eritrean migrants involved in violent clashes in Tel Aviv to be deported immediately and is ordered a plan to remove all of the country's African migrants. The remarks came after a bloody protest by rival groups of Eritreans in South Tel Aviv left dozens of people injured. Eritreans, supporters and opponents of Eritrea's government, faced off with construction lumber, pieces of metal and rocks, smashing shop windows and police cars. Israeli police in riot gear shot tear gas, stun guns, and live rounds while officers on horseback tried to control the protesters. Uh, we'll get into this a little bit later. It also happened in Norway. It's basically anywhere there was large groups of Eritreans, as Eritre- Eritrea uh, has been under uh, the rule of a despotic dictator for 30 years, and the embassies around the, the Eritrean embassies around the world held basically like Independence Day celebrations, but the anniversary celebrations celebrating the 30-year uh, rule of this warlord, uh, uncontested dictator. And you had groups of Eritreans who support the government facing off against Eritreans who don't support their government, which I think they could do all of that in Eritrea. I think you can just I think just go back to Eritrea and, and work that out there instead of bringing it elsewhere. But, of course, Israel has um, a lot of policies or, or one particular policy, I guess I should say, where they can't deport people like to war zones or to places where they'd be in danger, obviously, if you're against you or if you're publicly opposed to a despotic dictator like the one that rules Eritrea, then they can't send them back to Eritrea. So when they say that they're deporting them from Israel, what they mean is that they'll be sending them to Europe. And we'll elaborate on that a little bit later. But again, friends like these, right? Meanwhile, NY Times, New York Times, wakes up to corruption in Ukraine as officials admit military contract money has vanished. This story from Breitbart, but it's referencing a New York Times article we'll show you later. In a potential signal of shifting attitudes on the war in Ukraine, how the war in Ukraine is covered in legacy media, the New York Times is starting to slowly acknowledge the endemic corruption that has been a defining feature of the former Soviet state as officials have admitted that money for military contracts has vanished. Yeah, it turns out when you write blank checks worth hundreds of billions of dollars to the most corrupt country in the entire world, some of it goes missing, and they're surprised to find this out. They're shocked two years on to find out that 
this is a giant money laundering operation. We'll get more into that later as well. Then we have this, which is really just continuation of a story we've covered for a while. The CDC says the vaccinated are at higher risk from COVID than the unvaccinated. The U.S. Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention, CDC, has stated that Americans who have received mRNA shots for COVID are now at a higher risk of infection from the new variants of the virus than those who are unvaccinated. The CDC quietly made the damning admission in an update to its guidance regarding newly emerging variants of COVID. The update comes as Democrat President Joe Biden's administration appears to be preparing to bring back COVID lockdowns, masking and vaccine mandates as critical 2024 approaches despite the pandemic being over. Responding to reports about the variant, the CDC published the Risk Assessment Survey for SARS-CoV-2 sublineage BA286. However, according to the notice, people who have been vaccinated are more likely to catch the new variant than somebody who has never, uh, who has never been vaccinated or had COVID. The state's new variant, quote, may be more capable of causing infection in people who have previously had COVID-19 or who have received the COVID-19 vaccines. So I guess this is the time where we say we told you so. Because we did. We definitely did. Finally, we have this story. Burning Man revelers begin exodus after flooding left tens of thousands stranded in Nevada desert. Muddy roads flooded by summer storm the left tens of thousands of partygoers stranded for days at the Burning Man Counterculture Festival had dried up enough by Monday to allow them to begin their exodus from the northern Nevada desert. Event organizers said they started to let traffic flow out of the main road around 2 p.m. local time, even as they continued urging attendees to delay their exit to help ease traffic on Monday. About two hours after the mass departure began, organizers estimated a wait time of about five hours. Yeah, we'll get into this as well. It's been a, it's been a crazy weekend at the Burning Man Festival. The thing that I'm sort of, um, it's kind of annoying, so... Yeah, we'll get we'll get into it. It's held at a place called Black Rock. It's just like a pagan festival. It's funny they call it a counterculture festival since a bunch of uh, drugged out tech millionaires is actually the primary generator of uh, American culture at this point. Not exactly counterculture when it's in line with literally everything you see from American media across the board. Not exactly counterculture in my opinion. But they got stranded, and uh, it rained a lot, and they didn't know what to do. And the annoying part is that uh, they're all going to come out of this and be like, oh, my God, it was the most amazing experience, the togetherness you feel. Because when you go through something like this with a bunch of people, especially if you're out of your mind on drugs, yeah, they're not going to learn a lesson. They're going to they're gonna think this was awesome. This was so cool. America is waking up to the sad and painful fact that we've been under a multinational globalist deep state intelligence agency controlled coup for decades in this country. We didn't have full control 30, 40 years ago, but they're really attempting full control now. And that's where we are. And InfoWars has engaged in the best long-term analysis of the enemy operation and predicted the resistance movement would form against it and the fact that we would have major successes against the enemy, but they would then double, triple, quadruple down. That's where we are now. So it's more important than ever that InfoWars stay on the air. I just want to thank you all for your support and spreading the word. It's more important than ever that we get funding. We're trying to make it easier for you to fund us. 
by simply going to InfoWarsStore.com and getting great products that enrich you and your family's lives. I want to just encourage you all to not forget that without you, we won't be here. So please go to InfoWarsStore.com today, and I thank you. You're going to want to pay attention to what I'm about to say in the next 60 seconds. Two new incredible products are now available exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. They are both clones of national best-selling products from a major pharmaceutical slash supplement maker that are listeners and patriots that are allowing us to private label it at a lower price you'll find in stores. It's Joint Relief Max and Nerve Renew. Both of these have known documented natural compounds to lower pain and to also make your nerves healthier, which is one of the major reasons nerves get irritated and are more inductive to pain. There's major research behind this all. You need to get Joint Relief Max from InfoWars MD and Nerve Renew from InfoWars MD exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com right now. Introducing them both, 25% off. You'll find them exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com and they fund their operation. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is American Journal InfoWars.com band.video. Hope everybody had a nice three-day weekend. I know I did. Very very relaxing, but also very active. Very intense weekend news-wise. And we're actually going to have Laura Loomer on tomorrow to talk about this fully and get her full breakdown. But man, she has been on a tear over this last weekend, and it's really been incredible to see. I gotta say, I mean, I don't care what else you think about her. I don't know. I don't have a. She's got chutzpah. Let's just say that. I don't know. Is that the Jewish version of? She's got. She's got brass ones. That's that's what I'm trying to say here. There's like these. Literal Nazis, like literal neo-Nazi, like throwing the Roman salute, waving a swastika flag, covered in tattoos. And here comes this Jewish woman just marching right up to him, just being like, what the hell are you doing here filming him? It's like, all right, that's that's bravery. That really is uh, to be commended. And in doing so, she has discovered some interesting things, some very interesting things, some really dangerous and interesting things. InfoWars has this story. We've got a lot about this. I won't talk too much about it today. I was going to do a full breakdown, but since we'll be talking to Laura tomorrow, I'll save uh, a lot of this information for our discussion then. But InfoWars, the InfoWars story breaks down pretty well. It says, Color Revolution, Deep State Ties to Ukrainian Nazi Operatives During January 6th Exposed. Ukrainian operatives participated in the January 6th riot at the Capitol to foment violence, which was then covered up by the FBI and CIA. That's right. This little Nazi confrontation in Florida has led to the revelation of a massive conspiracy involving the CIA and FBI actually recruiting neo-Nazis in America, sending them to Ukraine to fight in an attempt to create a 
white ISIS. The revelation, combined with a recent rally by neo-Nazis, points to a broader plot by the intelligence agencies to derail Trump and his movement, journalist Laura Loomer reported. Loomer has been covering a Biden-supporting neo-Nazi group marching in Orlando, Florida, over the weekend, revealing their ties to the Ukrainian neo-Nazi militia Azov Battalion and to U.S. intelligence agencies. Loomer laid out on X how the neo-Nazi groups demonstrating in Florida to discredit conservatives are actually part of an ongoing, years-long intelligence operation. So she says there's a she shows a video of a Florida Nazi named Kent Boneface McClellan saying the CIA helped him get to Ukraine years ago to fight alongside right sector, a Ukrainian neo-Nazi group that was propped up by the CIA in an effort to combat Russia. Loomer recently spoke to J6 defendant Jacob Chansley, a.k.a. American Shaman, who revealed the FBI questioned him over a photo of him and a known Ukrainian spy taken at the Capitol on January 6, 2021. She said, quote, I personally spoke to Jacob and he confirmed to me that the FBI told him during an interview with him and his lawyer that the person he was pictured with at the Capitol on January 6th was, in fact, a known Ukrainian spy. The FBI asked Jacob Chansley if he knew the Ukrainian spy. Jacob didn't know who he was and said the man approached him and asked for a photo. She wrote Sunday on X. She says, now that I have... uh, or she continues, the FBI knew of a Ukrainian spy outside the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, and yet this was never reported or even mentioned to the J6 committee. The same Ukrainian spy who was identified by the FBI has been identified via facial recognition technology as Sergei Dinbinin, a neo-Nazi who works in Ukraine, she said. The same Ukrainian spy, Dinbinin, has been pictured with the late Senator John McCain in Ukraine in 2016. And she posted John McCain's tweet in December of 2016. In other words, the FBI was aware of foreign penetration of the capital by Ukraine during the January 6th protest to foment violence, yet it concealed this information from the public and took no action against the foreign spies, which begs the question, why is the FBI and CIA hiding this bombshell information? Well, Loomer believes she has found the answer. The CIA is funding a color revolution in the United States via Ukraine Nazis and American Nazis who are being recruited by the CIA and FBI to fight overseas in the Azov Battalion and then come back to the U.S. to instigate Nazi political movements in a PSYOP intended to make right-wingers look bad, she reported. She says this is massive. I have exclusively confirmed the FBI identified Ukrainian operatives. Uh, and neo-Nazis who were at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th and even questioned January 6ers about the Ukraine spies during interviews with the FBI. She says the reality is these people are Democrats and Biden supporters, and the FBI has been hiding the fact that Ukrainian operatives penetrated the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, and they've been hiding that they're working with Ukrainian Nazis to instigate violence and subvert the U.S. government, including actions to impeach President Trump, incite violence at Charlottesville, which was used as Biden's reason for running president, uh, running for president against Trump, and to stage violence at the Capitol on January 6th. Loomer tied that revelation back to the Ukrainian-connected neo-Nazis who were demonstrating in Florida over the weekend. Now the FBI and CIA are using Ukrainian Nazis to instigate racial division in the U.S. during an election year so the neo-Nazi marches pop up in red states when voters are deciding who to vote for ahead of 2024, Loomer noted. And there's plenty of uh, video footage to back all this up. She says this is a CIA-funded domestic terror operation intended to interfere in the U.S. elections and make sure Donald Trump is never allowed to be president again. So just to break it down, you've got this Ukrainian – or I'm sorry, this uh, American neo-Nazi dude named McClellan. He apparently was arrested for planning a terrorist attack. He was sentenced to like uh, 30 years in prison. He got out in like two, 
he basically admits that the FBI and CIA work to get him out and send him to Ukraine. So what they're doing is taking you know radical white supremacists here in America, shipping them to Ukraine where they receive training, military training, and experience in actual combat, and then allowing them back into this country where they become recruiters, not just to send more people to Ukraine for this real-time training, but also to commit domestic terror attacks here in the United States. So I think there's two things at play here. One, I think this falls in line with what we've been saying for a while on this program, which is that Ukraine was intended by the elite to be to make a sort of white ISIS in the same way that in Syria, most of the fighters for ISIS, almost all of them, in fact, are not from Syria or even from the region around Syria. A lot of them were actually from Europe. They were like Saudi Arabian or Algerian people that moved to uh, Europe was were radicalized and then made the trip to Syria to fight in ISIS. So you have a bunch of foreign fighters going to an area to carry out the war plans of the elite. They want to do that same thing in Ukraine, which is why they didn't worry about Azov Battalion being Nazis. They've never denied it. They've never really brought it up. They just but they don't mind it being out there because what they intended was for that narrative to get traction, and they wanted basically a bunch of disaffected European and American white guys to go to Europe, to go to Ukraine, to start fighting in this uh, new version of ISIS. And that includes actually taking commanders who did that exact thing with ISIS in Syria and actually shipping them to Ukraine, where they are now training Ukrainian recruits. That's one aspect of this. The other aspect is to create the conditions for which terrorist attacks can be committed here in America so that the FBI and CIA who tell us that white supremacy is the number one threat uh, have the excuse to continue that persecution and to uh, demonize all white American people. We'll be right back. Omega-3 fatty acids are needed for optimal strength, and they can only be obtained through diet. They can be found in grass-fed beef, which is why the ruling class is trying to ban it. And they can be found in fish, which are arguably the best source of omega-3s. But the problem today is finding fish without a high mercury content. Your best option is our ultimate fish oil and ultimate krill oil at InfoWarsStore.com. Omega-3 fatty acids are essential for both our neurological and cardiovascular systems, our brain and our heart. They improve mood, mental clarity, and immune function. Get your essential omega-3 fatty acids from the best sources available, ultimate fish oil and ultimate krill oil. Get some today at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. Just finishing up with our coverage of the Ukrainian Nazis in Florida. The Floridian Nazi threat. It's pretty, it's pretty astonishing when you really connect all the dots. As I was saying 
in the last segment. I think what's going on here has two different purposes when it comes to the actions of the deep state. But what are they doing exactly? First, uh, from Laura Loomer, Kent R. Boneface McClellan, 33 of Deltona, was arrested May 20th, 2023, and charged with burglary with assault or battery. Bail was not set. He has a long criminal history of trafficking methamphetamines for and assault. Uh, he was arrested by the FBI in 2012 for domestic terrorism. Now he's a CIA asset who's working to recruit Nazis to join the Azov Battalion. She says, why is this man not in prison where he belongs? He's very dangerous and violent, and it's only a matter of time before he does something very crazy again. By then, it might be too late. The CIA and FBI are endangering people's lives by working with this man as a confidential informant. He's a violent Nazi and shouldn't be allowed out in public. Uh, He made a plea deal with the CIA to become an informant in exchange for not going to jail for trafficking methamphetamines. And from WFTV9, had McClellan not struck a plea deal for one of his earlier arrests, he could have faced at least 30 years in prison. He said he agreed to the deal because he has a violent criminal history and he didn't think he stood a chance uh, once a jury took a look at his tattoos, including the ones on his face. So he was facing 30 years in prison, struck a plea deal, was out in like two years, I'm pretty sure, uh, and then went to Ukraine to fight for the Azov Nazi battalion and then was allowed back in. And all of this was facilitated and potentially coordinated by the FBI and CIA who breathlessly tell us that white supremacy is the number one threat that we face in this country. So again, I think there's two, two things at work here. One is trying to create this concept of white ISIS. That's what I call it at least. But the idea that you have a bunch of foreign fighters going into Ukraine to fight for the Nazis, receive their training, cause chaos, and eventually set themselves up to be the new target of war maybe in 10 or 20 years or so as seems to be the the path that all of the foreign wars that america engages in take where our allies become our enemies and the war continues forever i think that's part of it i think the other part of it is that this is the way false flags are created now see previously if you wanted to do a false flag you had to actually have all these different uh, people secretly engage in conversation. You had to plant stories. You had to provide like secret identities for people who are acting as spies. That's not really the way it works anymore. Now they're just creating the situation where they hope that terrorist attacks will occur. In other words, you'll have false flag attacks in which all of the principal actors are being completely sincere, right? Instead of having you know, people that are American commit attacks on Americans and pretend to be a Muslim person, you know, something like that. You have the agencies just turning a blind eye and actually facilitating legitimate domestic terrorist, white supremacist type people here in America so that they can then take that example and say, look, see, we told you that white supremacy was such a big problem and now we have to act on it, which means anybody remotely associated with conservatism or the Trump movement or all these things they've smeared as Nazi white supremacy uh, in order to persecute all of us to an even greater degree and actually start a war against the American people. So that I think is the is the dual function of this, create white ISIS in Ukraine and also set the stage and set the table for terrorist attacks here in America carried out by Nazis to facilitate 
and encourage their persecution of white Americans uh, as a whole. I think that's what's going on here. Everything seems to uh, fit into place. In other words, why would the people who tell us that white supremacy is and Nazism is the biggest threat to America, why would they be cooperating with the very, very tiny, minuscule, vanishingly small amount of actual Nazis in this country to uh, help facilitate their uh, recruitment and military training in Ukraine? Right? You take unhinged extremist people in America, get them military training, weapon usage, actual combat experience. You send them back to America to recruit and train more people here, more extremists and radicals. You don't even have to false flag an attack. You just have to let them loose, sit back and wait when the attack inevitably comes as, I mean, he was charged in 2012 with domestic terrorism. So this isn't exactly out of line with his modus operandi, but you just allow it to happen, and then uh, the media is not going to ask questions about you know the FBI or CIA's involvement in this. So you've got uh, a extremist Nazi person who's being used, but either doesn't know or doesn't care, and is just carrying out terrorist acts, fully sincere, fully believing in what he's doing, not realizing that he's playing the part of a useful idiot for the deep state that he probably despises. And you've got the innocent people in America who will be victims of terrorist attacks or military operations carried out by these people. And you'll have the media actually investigating it and reporting on it and seeing that it's all sincere and true. Like this is the way false flags work now. It's false flags where all of the principal actors are perfectly sincere, actually dedicated to what they're doing and don't even know that they're being used in a false flag operation to justify the persecution of Christian, white, conservative Americans by associating them with the most extreme people that they, that the deep state themselves have trained and uh, allowed to carry out their attacks. So that's the way that it's working. It's getting dangerous out there and more difficult to combat because obviously it's one thing if you can point out like, hey, the people that they said attacked us didn't really attack us. That's a typical false flag, right? Hey, the people waving this flag actually belong under this flag. That's, they're, they're wrong people. It's a little bit harder to deal with a fabricated crisis situation when everybody involved is acting in complete sincerity and actually are neo-Nazi terrorists, actually are you know, carrying out terrorist attacks. And it'll just be unspoken and largely unknown that the intelligence agencies – who apparently have dedicated an inordinate amount of time and resources to combating white supremacy are the ones, in fact, facilitating and allowing this to happen to form a color revolution. And it ties into January 6th. Again, that's all we're going to say about it today. We'll go on much longer about this with Laura Loomer tomorrow and get her full breakdown. It's a little bit hard to keep up. She's posting like, like article-length tweets every couple hours and it's like and they're all retweeting each other so it's like what is the timeline here how exactly did you break this down it's pretty incredible so we'll get into that tomorrow with uh laura loomer in the next segment we'll get into the battle of uh the adl versus literally everybody else it's the adl versus elon the adl versus twitter the adl versus uh jews that don't comply with their orders it's the adl versus everybody and we'll get into the developments that have occurred over the weekend, some pretty shocking and in some cases hilarious developments that we'll get into. The likes of uh, Keith Woods, friend of the show, 
guest on American Journal, Keith Woods, exposing an Israeli spy in a Twitter space in real time who has since vanished and completely deleted all of her uh, Twitter account information as soon as she was uh, discovered, as soon as she was unmasked as to who she really is and who she really works for. Very interesting developments. We'll get into that. I do want to remind you to go to InfoWarsStore.com to support everything that we do here. Again, folks, this is not uh, – the false dichotomy is between the Nazis and the globalist control freaks. The reality is that there is a third way. It's the American way. It's the way of truth, justice, sincere love of God and your fellow man while still not being a pansy pushover scumbag that does whatever you're told because the people holding a gun to your head demand that you submit quietly. How about we stand up against this together, oppose all of this, and reassert our dominance as the greatest country that the world's ever seen. You can help us in this mission by going to InfoWarsStore.com. 50% off at BrainForce Plus at this moment. Bodies is back in stock and 25% off. InfoWarsStore.com. Support us. Be right back. Don't go anywhere, folks. Separately, we got some really, 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 really good news. Because it's a great product you love, and people want it, and it funds our operation at 360 Win. Bodies, ultimate turmeric formula, the strongest you're going to find anywhere. Jam-packed, a big old giant bottle of stuff that destroys inflammation, that empowers your neurological system, you name it. I mean, it's just so amazing. God gave it to us, and it's the strongest humanoid out there. Other leading brands are like 70% humanoid. Uh, most brands are 5% Humidin, and, and, and that still does a great thing for you. This is the strongest anybody makes, 95% curcuminoid. I am so glad this is back. I have been out of this myself for months. We've been sold out of this for almost seven months. Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula, back in stock, 25% off, InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. The eugenicists, over 100 years ago, were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. How do we how do we discuss this? How do we start this discussion? We covered it on Friday. Hashtag ban the ADL was trending for a very long time. The ADL was uh, not happy about this. Of course, calling it anti-Semitism. Exposing how the whole scheme works. 
Town Hall has a pretty good breakdown of it. It says, Musk, Musk, Musk must decide to own or be owned. On Friday, ex-owner and CTO Elon Musk revealed that the Anti-Defamation League has tried to, quote, strangle X slash Twitter, confirming what many have suspected of the nonprofit as the, quote, arbiter of truth. Musk informed writer and streamer Keith Woods, who's been at the forefront of the push to remove the ADL from the platform. In a subsequent tweet, Woods added, the ADL's favorite tactic is financially blackmailing social media companies into removing free speech on their platforms. Why should they have a platform on X to hold Elon Musk to ransom? It's time to hashtag ban the ADL. He also mentioned the ADL advertiser boycott of Tucker Carlson as a prime example of the argument. Musk liked the tweet, actually a few of Woods's, adding to the weekend's top trending hashtag ban the ADL. At that moment, quite surprisingly, the right came together. The Daily Wire commentator Matt Walsh quote tweeted ADL CEO Jonathan Greenblatt saying, quote, if you want to keep hate off the platform, I suggest you agree that we need to ban the ADL. Co-founder of the outlet Jeremy Boring added, uh, the ADL is garbage. Author and filmmaker Dinesh, Dinesh D'Souza also supplemented the cause. They want to ban hate, so X should sub- oblige and ban these merchants of hate. TPSA founder wasn't silent either. As Charlie Kirk remarked, today the ADL is a hate group that dons a religious mask to justify stoking hatred of the left's enemies. The ADL has no place extorting Twitter slash X or any social media company. And it goes on and on. Everybody just talking about uh, ADL being a mass purveyor of anti-white hate. It's truly remarkable to see Con Inc. respond to hashtag ban the ADL. It notably fears calling out racial discrimination against white people because today's automatic response is accusations of uh, racism or white supremacy, oddly for pointing it out. These mainstream conservatives have long feared being called racist, the subjugation similar to anti-racist left ideology, which is really what separates these conservatives from the dissident right. So how did ADL become the fear-mongering moral police that it is today? Well, that's what it was uh, from the beginning. It really hasn't changed. And in fact, we can go to an old video that explains exactly how the ADL operates. Clip number six here, the ADL's modus operandi explained in under two minutes. Let's go to clip six now. Many of you may remember in February 1979, there was a big uproar because someone by the name of James Gutman applied for a permit to lead a march of Nazis through downtown Philadelphia. Now, eventually, some enterprising reporters did an investigation. You know what they turned up? James Gutman was none other than Mordecai Levy, who worked with the Anti-Defamation League and later split off that to form the terrorist Jewish Defense League. This was an operation that was run by the ADL. They wanted to have a Nazi march in Philadelphia. Why? Because how can they raise money to justify their existence if American Jews don't think there's a lot of anti-Semitism. So what better thing to do than to slap swastikas on a couple of people, lead them on a march through town, and then the next day the ADL comes marching in and says, look, there are Nazis on the streets, you need to give us money so we can protect you. And then on top of that, have a tax-exempt status. This was not a one-time operation. A similar thing happened in uh, Trenton, New Jersey, a man named James Rosenberg, also on the payroll of the fact-finding division of the Anti-Defamation League, under the name Jimmy Mitchell, he worked to convince a small group of people who called themselves Klansmen. 
He convinced them to go into Trenton and blow up the New Jersey headquarters of the NAACP. And this was also exposed. There's a long history of this. And uh, that long history, and again, you can see how old that tape was, uh, continues to this day, as I remind you, uh, in February of this year, there was the supposed Day of Hate that was promoted and really created almost from whole cloth by the ADL. They apparently took some offhand remark from some tiny, minuscule, like less than a dozen people group somewhere in Idaho or something. They were like, hey, we should do a Day of Hate this Saturday. Ha ha, wouldn't that be funny? It suddenly became a national story. Suddenly the ADL was pushing this on every uh, media site, on every mainstream media channel, and they actually got Congress to give them funds to fight something that didn't exist. I mean, it was completely fabricated from whole cloth. Nobody knew about the Day of Hate until the ADL told them about it, and they've even admitted this. I mean, the forward, the uh, Jewish a newspaper Jews responded to Day of Hate with resilience, but was the worry overblown? Uh, chatter about National Day of Anti-Semitic Action was limited to small Telegram channels. So again, that this is this is what they do. I mean, without the threat of American Nazis, they have no point of existing. So they take a minuscule, practically non-existent threat, blow it up to national uh, bombshell proportions, get Congress to actually, you know, give them funds and and pass laws based on this. And it was all fabricated from the beginning. So they continue to do this, and they continue to uh, push this sort of stuff. Again, the town hall uh, article actually goes into thorough a breakdown of exactly what uh, the ADL gets up to, what they really stand for, how they, you know, call actual, you know, worrying about actual genocide in South Africa white supremacist because it happens to be white people that are the ones being genocided. It also says the phrase "it's okay to be white." Uh, they, the ADL says, is a racist, uh, white supremacist sl- slogan along with the phrase white lives matter. And in 2020, the ADL revised its definition of racism as, quote, the marginal- marginalization and or oppression of people of color based on socially constructed racial hierarchy that privileges white people. So they're an anti-white hate group, and that's uh, pretty clear to everybody. And they uh, use their power with their connections in the corporate world and the media to attempt to destroy uh, Twitter, X, and if not destroy it, then threaten to destroy it as a tactic to extort X into giving them oversight over what's allowed on it. Keith Woods posted this. Elon Musk confirms the ADL almost put X out of business with their advertiser boycott. As soon as Elon took over X slash Twitter, the mere promise of free speech was enough for the ADL to warn the platform was, quote, on death watch. Death watch that they brought about. Elon Musk says our U.S. advertising revenue is still down 60 percent, primarily due to pressure on advertisers by the ADL. That's what advertisers tell us. So they almost succeeded in killing X slash Twitter. Mario Nafal said on Twitter, breaking Elon hints that he will release a giant data dump of censorship request by the ADL trying to censor certain accounts on Twitter slash X. This was in reply to a libs of TikTok tweet who was expressing concerns about thousands of viewers who have been suspended, throttled, silenced, and shadow banned. This comes minutes after Elon Musk announced he will file a defamation lawsuit against the ADL, claiming they would potentially be on the hook for destroying half the value of the company, so roughly $22 billion. So in other words... Elon Musk buys Twitter. He promises to make it a free speech platform. 
the ADL flips out, says if you allow free speech, then anti-Semites will be able to say what they think. So you know, we are going to organize and encourage advertisers to crush your company until you rescind your promise of free speech. So in other words, Anti-Defamation League engaging in defamation of an entire user base in order to bankrupt it or at least in order to use the threat of bankruptcy to gain control over it. Elon Musk says, based on what we've heard from advertisers, ADL seems to be responsible for most of our revenue loss. Giving the maximum benefit of the doubt, I don't see any scenario where they're responsible for less than 10% of the value destruction, so that's around $4 billion. Document discovery of all communications between the ADL and advertisers will tell the full story. So this could get very interesting, like extremely interesting. So if Elon Musk sues the ADL for defamation and for you know organizing this monopolistic boycott and not a traditional boycott right this ties into what we've been talking about for weeks now how protests and boycotts exist in two forms now one's the grassroots ground up form where people just get together to personally decide not to purchase a product et cetera, et cetera. and the other is where an organization like the like the adl gets a whole group a whole slew of corporations to use financial pressure to get what they want that's not a boycott as much as it is just mafia style criminal activity to destroy or take control of a uh, social media platform one of the only ones that doesn't willfully sign its censorship over to the adl so we'll continue this on the other side because it does get even more interesting with a honest to god israeli uh, spy in a twitter space being exposed and running away it's hilarious we'll show you that video in the first five of the next hour when i tell you we have the ultimate bone broth hands down this is the most concentrated high quality bone broth there is concentrated chicken broth patented amazing then a huge dose of chaga mushroom a massive dose of beet pollen a gigantic dose of highest quality turmeric and then it just gets crazier from there it's about to sell out. We haven't had it in stock for years. This first new run is about to sell out. Get it discounted right now. 40% off at InfoWorkTour.com and it funds our operation. And once you get addicted to it, once you get blown away by it, once you feel your joints, your energy, your stamina accelerate, then become a regular customer for Bone Broth, InfoWorkTour.com. Whatever you do, spread the word about InfoWars, about the live show, and about all the other great products because these are great products that empower your life, plus they fund our operation. Go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. We're selling out Ultimate Bone Broth at InfoWarsStore.com. 40% off, about to sell out. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the ADL versus everybody on Twitter at this point. This has been a, a trending discussion for the last almost week or so, and it's uh, reaching ahead. I I really think it's amazing, Elon Musk. I mean, they deserve it, right? They literally are just using mafia tactics. They just go to corporations and they say, hey, we want you to stop advertising on Twitter until they bow to our demands. So Twitter starts hemorrhaging ad revenue, which is one of the reasons why they brought in Linda Yaccarino. She could facilitate you know, regaining some of those 
uh, some of those uh, advertisers. Elon Musk says to clear our platform's name on the matter of anti-Semitism, it looks like we have no choice but to file a defamation lawsuit against the Anti-Defamation League. Oh, the irony. Of course, they've already been sued for defamation multiple times and lost in many of those instances. They are the Defamation League. I mean, that's what they exist for. They exist to basically stop any criticism of any bad person that happens to be Jewish including George Soros, a literal Nazi collaborator. And again, you just have to like – you put yourself in their shoes, and it makes no sense, right? Can you imagine some group being like, you're just criticizing Bill Gates because he's white. We're the, we're the white anti-defamation league, and you can't criticize Bill Gates because – and so all white people have to defend Bill Gates. Like, why? He's a, he's a tyrannical scumbag. He's a mad scientist. Who wants to depopulate the planet? Why would we defend him? It makes no sense, but that's how it works apparently. Of course, the twist to this is that a lot of this is actually being orchestrated and coordinated by a foreign nation, Israel. Much in the same way that it was gov- Israeli government employees. In fact, their former justice minister who was on the uh, Facebook oversight board that kicked Donald Trump off of Facebook back in 2021. You've got Israeli spies uh, pretending not to know what the ADL is exactly, but they definitely support it. That's what happened uh, at a, on a Twitter space hosted by Mario Nafal, who routinely hosts the biggest space on Twitter where celebrities and, and uh, politicians often go to discuss these things. Keith Woods exposed an Israeli intelligence officer, Vivian Berkosivi, trying to disrupt the ADL Files Twitter space. Let's go now to uh, clip number four. Here's Keith Woods unmasking a foreign operative attempting to discredit and disrupt the hashtag ban the ADL movement. Let's watch. I can say this. I've been accused of all kinds of horrible things personally because I'm Jewish. And a number of listeners here, and maybe they'll have the courage and integrity to speak up, have already messaged me on Twitter saying, you know, oh, well, we know which side you're on, don't we? Um, Oh, a dual citizen, ergo dual Canadian Israeli citizen. Therefore, she can't be trusted, can she? I get this. Any of the people who wrote those messages have the integrity to speak up now and tell me why well, Vivian, I have a question. If we're talking about conflicts of interest, uh, is it true you work for an Israeli intelligence firm called Black Cube? No, who are you? No. Keith Woods. Nice to meet you. I get accused of being yeah, outside every time I pop into his face. I think we're going back yeah. to the to the moving away. Moving away. No, it's on, it's on our Wikipedia. Yeah, it's even, on our Wikipedia. Even, I'm not sure, sure, sure. You, you can state it. People can check out on the Wikipedia. I just want to go back to the specific points. And, and there's one point you made earlier, Vivian. She didn't really answer. Yeah, but you, it's, she jumped off. Uh, that's like I wanted to keep it on the particular ah, points. I wonder why. Uh, but let's- yeah, she didn't just uh, jump off that Twitter space. She's uh, now gone from Twitter completely. And... Uh, isn't that, just, isn't that just illustrative? It, doesn't that just tell you everything you need to know? She's like, people accuse me dual loyalty just because I'm Jewish. And it's like, but aren't you the member of a Israeli intelligence agency? She's like, uh, what? No, what? X, just cancel out. <laughs> that was close. Well done, Keith Woods. And uh, 
continue on this in the other. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We'll move on. We have a lot, have a lot of other stuff to talk about, but just, uh, just to finish off with this. This ADL versus Elon Musk slash all of X and Twitter. You've got Elon Musk saying things like this. The ADL, because they're so aggressive in their demands to ban social media accounts for even minor infractions, are ironically the biggest generators of anti-Semitism on this platform. Which, yeah, pretty, pretty obvious. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like they just can't help but prove all of their haters and detractors right about everything. It's kind of ironic, I guess. It's like you come out and you go, hey, the ADL uses its inordinate power to ban people from social media. And the ADL is like, we're going to ban you for saying that. It's like, okay, so he's right. So wait, do you want to ban him for saying that, which proves him right, but you want to ban him because you say he's wrong? This doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense. Like when Kanye says, you know, they'll use financial power to destroy you, and they're like, you just said we'd use financial power to destroy you. Well, now you can't bank with us anymore, and your Adidas deal is broken. It's like, okay, so where's the lie? It's weird. It's weird how they prove all of their greatest detractors uh, right every time they react to this sort of stuff. And I mean, it's, I don't know, it's sort of tricky, right? You've got this from the ZOA.org. This is the Zionist Organization of America. They say Fox News joins the Zionist Organization of America in exposing ADL's dangerous extremist educational programs and joins JNS editor Tobin in urging firing ADL CEO Jonathan Greenblatt. It's kind of confusing when, you know, the ADL tells us that if you oppose them, you're a white supremacist anti-Semite, but they're also opposed by the Zionist Organization of America. It's kind of weird. Didn't realize the Zionist Organization of America were uh, white supremacist uh, Nazis, but everything's confusing these days, so why not? Why shouldn't it be like that? And you've got this response, which seems to be a common, really pervasive, ubiquitous response. That is basically the only response I've seen uh, from people trying to defend the ADL. Because, of course, Elon Musk, who I just read to you that uh, the ADL is one of the biggest generators of anti-Semitism by being such horrible people and then telling everybody that they represent all Jews. Uh, Howard Lavi responds to this saying, a common tactic used by anti-Semites for thousands of years is to blame Jews for anti-Semitism. This is nothing new. We've seen this before. Again, this is, it's weird, right? It's like you go, hey, the ADL is a bad group. The ADL is spreading anti-Semitism. The ADL are evil and don't represent all Jews. And then you have Jews saying, like, in their mind, it gets, it gets translated to where they think that Elon Musk is saying Jews are the cause of anti-Semitism. 
which is like criticizing the ADL just make me think all Jews because I know that all Jews are not in the ADL and the ADL is our self-appointed. Like they don't represent anybody really. They represent themselves and their corporate interests and I mean they're just a, they're just a defamation organization who claim to speak for all Jews. Thankfully, we don't believe them. Thankfully, you know, we don't fall for their lie. But then you have like these regular Jews coming out and defending them. And it's like, why are you defending – just why are you defending this organization? I honestly don't understand. In the same way that I don't understand why people would think you, it's anti-Semitism to criticize George Soros. In the same way, as I just laid out, it's like if somebody's criticizing Bill Gates, it's like, can you imagine being like, they just hate white people? It's like, what are you, ta- what are you talking about? Bill Gates is an evil dude. George Soros, an evil dude. So you criticize them, but when everybody comes to their defense, it's like, well, what? What is this? Don't you also hate evil people? It just makes no sense. Ben Freeman, same thing. The campaign against ADL is deeply anti-Jewish and rooted in false ideas of Jewish power. That's kind of the problem. It's not false when they exercise it. So the notion you can defame an organization set up to combat Jew hatred and other prejudices should be, should be unthinkable. Like, okay, let's just translate that sentence. The notion you can defame an organization set up to combat Jew hatred and other prejudices should be unthinkable. So we just are not allowed to criticize the ADL as an organization. We should just not be allowed to criticize in any way self-appointed, unelected, private organization of Jewish supremacists, like a racial supremacist. We can't criticize them. It's unacceptable in any form. That's ridiculous. Makes no sense. It's very dumb. He says such an accusation is revolting. Well, you can be revolted all you want. It's true. So there it is. And, of course, this has been going on for a while. Gab, uh, Andrew Torba, I believe this was Andrew Torba, wrote this on uh, Gab all the way back in April, 20, April 9th of 2021. The ADL fuels hatred of Jews by attacking free speech. Talking about over five years, Gab has been attacked and smeared by many different Jewish groups, including the ADL, for simply defending free speech online. Today, the ADL is trying to cancel Tucker Carlson for daring to speak out, uh, speak the truth about the reality of demographic replacement. That is absolutely and unequivocally going on in the West. These are not hateful statements. They they are objective facts that no longer can be ignored. But they continue to attack uh, Gab while at the same time playing victim when we respond. If you're going going to attack the Gab community, you can expect a firm response with the truth from us which is why, what I seek to do in this post. And he lays out thoroughly how the ADL has uh, attempted to attack and destroy Gab for being uh, online free speech and how if you fight back, they call it anti-Semitism, which is just the, the oldest play in the book, and it's not really working anymore for obvious reasons. And you have things like this. Uh, Eva Vlardingerbrook wrote that because hashtag ban the ADL is trending – Shows how done people are with the, quote, we're labeling everything we don't like as hateful slash racist slash dangerous slash far right BS, which is, is exactly what they do. I mean, literally, uh, Luke Gage posted this white supremacists call on uh, call to ban the ADL on X while Elon Musk looks on. Right. So you're a white supremacist. If you want to ban the ADL, you are a Nazi. You're a white supremacist. If you oppose this private organization of actual supremacists. Interesting. So in response to Eva's post, Elon Musk says perhaps we should run a poll on this. 
Shail bin Ephraim responds, they will run a poll on banning the ADL, and we know what comes next. The ACLU, the NAACP, the Southern Poverty Law Center, BLM, and anyone else who fights for civil rights in this country. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, you're right. Yes, right. No, we'll start with the – I mean we'll start with the biggest and the worst, ADL. These people who, again, self-appointed, unelected, totally private, funded by billionaires, total access to the entire – American power structure, including Congress, including corporations, including NGOs and media outlets, they have inordinate unelected power, and they also get hundreds of millions of dollars of our tax money from the U.S. government to carry out this trade in lies. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll start with them, but obviously the SPLC is just as bad, if not worse. Obviously, BLM is just as bad, if not worse. Yeah, all these organizations are very bad. They're bad for everybody. They're bad for the people that they claim to be supporting. They're bad for the people that obviously they hate and attack and want to destroy. They're not good for anybody. There's no aspect of any of these groups that's positive for anybody at all except for the ultra elite who control them and run them and fund them and use them to provide cover to claim that anybody criticizing them is a virulent anti-Semite white supremacist Nazi. I mean, literally, you just have to picture like George Soros sitting there subverting nations and like collapsing uh, dollars, you know, collapsing the British pound and buying up DAs across uh, America. Also, you know, just occasionally reminiscing on his fond memories of loading Jews onto trains to send them east in Hungary. Right? These are the people that he defends. And then uh, somebody goes, hey, this guy's a scumbag. This guy's destroying America. This is no good. And George Soros like turns to the the Jewish baker down the road and is like, did you hear that? They want to holocaust you again. You better defend me. She's like, no, we're done defending scumbags. Sorry. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. But when we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when you look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsTore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsTore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. 
The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. back ladies and gentlemen we have still so much to talk about here we only have a few more segments before we welcome simon on to talk about the geopolitical makeup of the world right now we have a lot of covid news political news war in ukraine sanctuary cities panicking as they realize the consequences to their own actions let's Talk about a, a story that is overdue. Because I have to admit, this is one of those that was a bigger deal than I thought. It's the type of thing, you see a video like this with a label, and you go, there's no way. Just instinctually, you go, there, there, this, can't, this can't be what it looks like, right? I mean, there's got to be some explanation for this. I'm talking about a video of a helicopter airdropping mosquitoes by the billions. It's like I didn't believe it when I saw it. And actually, we saw this all the way back in uh, July. We can play that first one. This was uh, back in July. Maybe I didn't put that one in. I might have forgotten to put that one in. Well, the oh, yeah, this one, uh, clip number seven. This was like mid-July video posted saying people are reporting that a helicopter flew over Afram in Baltimore, Maryland and released mosquitoes. And I, like we saw this in, uh, in July and we're like, and it's like, there's no way, wait, what a helicopter flew over a, a block party and airdropped mosquitoes. I, okay. That's, that seems crazy. That seems crazy. Okay. Well, that was in July. Then last week, this video was released, clip number nine, with the uh, description saying a helicopter is flying over Florida dropping mosquitoes. Watch this video. There it is. You see a massive stream coming out behind the helicopter. Again, you just watch that, you just go, there's no way. I mean, right? It's not. Why would they do that? Why would they even do it like this? Like, I know they're releasing genetically modified mosquitoes, but like airdropping it from a black helicopter? No way. No way. That can't be right. That can't be true. So, I, you know, I see this posted a few times on Twitter. And you scroll down a little bit from the tweet. And you see it has a fact check. And the community notes on Twitter are very good these days. They're not your typical fact check where it's like, well, actually, you did the <laughs> – there's an example I can't, I can't make that's a common meme. But, you know, did this politician kill his cat? And they're like, no, fact check, false, pants on fire, false. No, it wasn't his cat. Yes, he did strangle a cat to death. Um, but he didn't own it technically. He was uh, just babysitting it. He was uh, he was pet sitting when he strangled the cat. So it's like, okay, he did strangle the cat, 
but because we said it was his cat and not somebody else's, you call it totally false pants on fire, total lie. Like, that's the way fact checks normally work. It's a mainstream media outlet uh, just con- contorting whatever was said into a lie to then fact check it. That's what fact checks used to be like. Now they're a little bit better. The community notes are more likely. I mean, they'll they'll fact check the ADL. Of course, the ADL gets those fact checks removed uh, because of their inordinate power. But community notes is, is fairly good. So I, I tend to trust the community notes these days. So you see this video of the helicopter dropping mosquitoes. You scroll down. You see that it has a community note. You think, oh, thank goodness. There's a community note. This I knew this was fake. I knew this couldn't have been real. Then you see what the community note says. And it says, fact check, Bill Gates is not involved in these mosquitoes being dropped. It's like, wait, that's what you're fact checking? You're fact checking the fact that somebody said this was Bill Gates doing this? And your fact check is, uh, well, while it is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation dropping mosquitoes from helicopters by the billions, Bill Gates is not personally the one dropping the mosquitoes. Literally, that's the fact check they make, meaning the video is accurate. It's absolutely true. That is a helicopter actually dropping mosquitoes, air dropping mosquitoes onto the humans underneath. It just wasn't Bill Gates himself. And I'm not, no, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Okay. Snopes.com. We can go to a, a, the, the overhead shot, please. This is what it says. It says, the claim is that Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation provided funding to genetically modify and release mosquitoes in various locations, uh, including Florida. It's rating, eh, mixture, it's a mixture, part false and part true. It says Bill Gates is not himself releasing mosquitoes into the wild. Okay, so the fact check is that it wasn't Bill actually flying the helicopter, I guess. However, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation did award grants that funded biotech company Oxitec's work to develop genetically modified mosquitoes. Okay. So the video is absolutely real. That really is helicopters. They really are dropping mosquitoes, airdropping them like cluster bombs onto unsuspecting American people against their will. It really was funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. It's just fact-checked because, you know, it was, it's not Bill himself with a jar of mosquitoes sneaking around at night, releasing them. <laughs> it's just incredible it's just incredible and then they're like bill gates has nothing to do with this other than funding it other than funding and organizing and orchestrating it and also not shutting up about back uh, mosquitoes for years upon years i mean just type bill gates mosquitoes there's like a hundred videos of him he's releasing mosquitoes at ted talks he's like in the middle of 2020 being like while the vac while the pandemic is bad let's not forget the real pandemic mosquitoes and we're gonna genetically alter them in an ill-advised experiment for which you are the guinea pigs and they're producing billions of mosquitoes a month to release them genetically modified mutant mosquitoes being released so they can go out and do whatever it is they've been genetically modified to do. So this is an experimental technology, an experimental program they're rolling out. They are not asking you if you want to be involved in this. And of course, America has a history of ill-advised strategies to destroy mosquitoes that actually has massive unintended horrific uh, consequences 
and this is uh, from childrenhealthdefense.org. EPA authorizes release of 2 billion more MG, uh, GMO mosquitoes as reports of malaria services in states that already released them. So we covered this at the time, how you had malaria being completely absent from America for 20 plus years. Then they decide that they need to do something about the malaria problem in America. They release a bunch of GMO mosquitoes, and lo and behold, malaria crops up, gotten received from mosquitoes in the exact places where these mosquitoes were released, where previously malaria did not exist, which is just also very interesting, isn't it? And this is all being carried out by the World Mosquito Program. They say they're using Walbachia to present disease transmission in response to the 2016 Zika outbreak. They launched a program and have been carrying it out ever since by infecting mosquitoes with this bacteria that blocks virus transmission. They're vaccinating you through the mosquitoes. Horrifying and true. I didn't realize this was back this week. I thought it was next week. I come in this morning. It's back in the warehouse, ready to roll. Body's ultimate turmeric formula. And the first thing I did was pop one of these bad boys. Overhead shot, please. Look how full this bottle is. Right to the top, folks. Right to the top with these 95% curcuminoids. Again, most turmeric formulas are 5%. Some are maybe 10 the other strong brands are 75%. This is 95%. Super confident. So like taking one pill is like taking 10 of the average pill. It's that powerful. Or more. So they're available at InfoWarsStore.com. Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula. Sold out for almost eight months. Back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Or 888-253-3139. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. We'll do some... uh, We'll do some uh, political news in the next segment before welcoming Simon, a regular caller, talk about what's going on around the world, specifically Africa and the Middle East, as major world-shaking events are taking place there but are hardly talked about in mainstream media, hardly understood, even by those of us who try to get a handle on these things. So very excited to talk to him. But let's talk for a moment about what's happening in Israel. It's very interesting. It's all very interesting. We covered the story in the Daily Dispatch. Israel's Netanyahu says he wants Eritrean migrants involved in violent clashes to be deported. That's the headline from AP News. And that's not actually true. I mean, it's a lie by omission. Yeah, he does want the violent clash, the people involved in violent clashes to be deported, but he's also taking those violent clashes as an excuse to deport all African migrants to the country. Again, to remind you what happened here, the Eritrean embassy in Israel 
was holding a celebration, you know, their, the, the Eritrean version of Fourth of July, a celebration of the 30-year anniversary of the modern Eritrean government, which is a one-man dictatorship ruled by an iron fist. So there's a couple interesting wrinkles in this. So you had pro-Eritrean government forces and then anti-Eritrean government forces clashing with each other over this. It got violent. Police ended up using not just tear gas, uh, riot guns, stun grenades, but also live rounds, actually firing you know, live rounds at the, at the protester rioters here. Netanyahu says we want harsh measures against the rioters, including immediate deportation of those who took part. But he also requested that the ministers present him with plans, quote, for the removal of all the other illegal infiltrators. And noted in his remarks that the Supreme Court struck down some measures meant to coerce the migrants to leave. Under international law, Israel cannot forcibly send migrants back to a country where their life or liberty may be at risk. So where are they going to send them? Well, stay tuned for that. We'll tell you that in just a second. But continuing with this story from the AP News, Israel recognizes very few asylum seekers, seeing them as over, seemingly, see, seeing them overwhelmingly as economic migrants, and says has no legal obligation to keep them. Which I think is fine generally. I mean, that's definitely how I feel here in America about the people who claim to be asylum seekers or refugees. The difference, though, is that Eritrea actually is like a brutal dictatorship. Just again from the AP article, we can skip to the last paragraph, just a, a brief you know, excerpt of what Eritrea is like. Uh, Eritrea's president, Asayas Afwerki, 77, has been in power since 1993 after the country won independence from Ethiopia, uh, Ethiopia following a long guerrilla war. There have been no elections and no free media, and exit visas are required for Eritreans to leave the country. Many young people are forced into military service with no end date, human rights groups and United Nations experts say. So there's a bit of a difference when considering whether these people actually qualify as asylum seekers or refugees, different than, say, a place like Honduras or Guatemala or Mexico, which as much as they have endemic corruption of their own, they are not a one-man, one-party, tyrannical despotism rule with forced military service and their people being prevented by law from leaving the country on their own volition. So I think the Eritreans have a, a bit better argument for themselves being refugees. But regardless, uh, Israel doesn't recognize them as much. Instead, they've tried a variety of tactics to force them out, including send, sending some to a remote prison, holding part of their wages until they agree to leave the country, or offering cash payments to those who agree to move to another country somewhere in Africa. Critics accuse the government of trying to coerce the migrants into leaving, which is obviously exactly uh, what they're doing. But I guess they don't have they don't have the uh, American problem of having huge numbers of entrenched NGOs and activist groups and politicians and uh, other, you know other various forms of coercion you know against our government guilting them into accepting these people who clearly are not refugees or asylum seekers but rather economic migrants
Of course, it's not just Israel that's dealing with this. On Saturday, Norway's second largest city, Bergen, witnessed clashes between supporters and opponents of the Eritrean government during a rally commemorating the country's Independence Day. Norwegian authorities said government opponents threw bottles and stones at rally participants. Large numbers of police forces with shields and visors fanned out on the streets and parts of Bergen's city center were cordoned off because of the violence. We have that video, clip number three, Eritrean gangs destroying Bergen, injuring <clears throat> dozens of police officers and blocking an entire city, uh, city block. That's uh, uh, clip number. There it is, clip number three. Yeah, so this is Norway. Sa- it's just same thing happening. And of course, it was a major story just a few weeks ago. When in early August, Swedish media reported that about a thousand protesters stormed an Eritrean festival in Stockholm, the capital, setting booths and cars on fire and using rocks and sticks as weapons, leaving at least 52 people injured and more than 100 people detained. As part of that little experiment in diversity. Which is all just fascinating, but again, there's that problem where Israel is not permitted by international law, I guess. There's international law that you just have to you know, accept people that claim to be asylum seekers, even though they're not. And even Netanyahu brought this up where he's like, you've got half the people in this riot were pro Eritrean government. If you're rioting on behalf of a government, you're not a refugee from that government, right? You clearly like that government, go back to that government. But since they can't deport them, then they want to do things like withhold their wages or force them to voluntarily go back to Eritrea. But this story is from a while ago, but it still holds true. Israel strikes U.N. deal to send thousands of African migrants to Western countries. Oh, thanks. Oh, gee, thanks. What would we do without you? In February, Israel started handing out notices to 20,000 male African migrants, giving them two months to leave the country or risk being thrown in jail. Israel said Monday it had canceled plans to deport African migrants to Africa and reached an agreement with the U.N. refugee agency to send more than 16,000 to Western countries instead. Well, isn't that nice? Isn't that so nice of them? Israel just like, man, all these African migrants are messing things up for us. Plus, we are an exclusively and explicitly Jewish state where our ethnicity must and will always remain supreme demographically and politically. So we'll just uh, send them to Europe where your identity has been stripped from you and your national cohesion is considered the ultimate evil and must be destroyed in whichever way it can. So yeah, they're actually yeah, striking a deal with the UN to send tens of thousands of African migrants out of Israel into countries in Europe and America and paying the migrants for their trip. So that's probably what will happen again. And funnily enough, right, you've got Stockholm and uh, you know, Sweden and Norway as well also experiencing massive migrant violence with the Eritreans. For some reason, they, they didn't have the same response Israel did. I think the appropriate response would be somewhere in the middle where it's like legitimate refugees get to stay. Everybody else has to leave. Even if you want to make them leave, I don't think sending them to a Western country (laughs) benefits anybody except, I guess, for Israel. That's probably what will happen next. Part Part of you wonders, like, what would it be like? What would it be like if... America were allowed to have the same self-preservation tactics as Israel. And can we not just get rid of these people who claim to be asylum seekers but are nothing of the sort? After all, not just 
Irish riots. There's a lot of crap coming from them. We'll get to that. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. Bodies is back. The ultimate Jumeric product on the market has returned to InfoWarsStore.com and is now 25% off for a limited time. Utilized for thousands of years, Jumeric is one of the most studied medicinal herbs today. Hundreds of peer-reviewed scientific articles are published every year on the chemistry and therapeutic potential of turmeric and its active components. Bodies will reduce inflammation throughout the body, help boost and support flexibility, increase mobility, assist in joint function, bolster your immune system, and so much more. Regular turmeric from the store contains about 1-5% to of the active ingredient curcuminoids, but our super-powerful extract using bodies contains over 95% of the active ingredient in turmeric. No other product can compare with this curcuminoid delivery system. So if you want to put the true power of turmeric to the test, then look no further. Grab yourself a bottle today for 25% off at M4Store.com and put your body at ease. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Just waiting for somebody to do the uh, dubstep remix of this chant. I think it'd work. I think it'd sound cool. All right. Uh, we have still a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to talk to Simon about the uh, geopolitical realm. But uh, let's just go over some of these other headlines that we have for today. We have an interesting uh, dichotomy of stories talking about the war in Ukraine, including from the Federalists saying Ukraine is neocon's last gasp, saying it's time to ignore the Bill Crystals, Max Boots, and David Frums of the political spectrum. They've been disastrously wrong for 30 years, yeah, at the very least. Just talking about what a ridiculous dune boggle Ukraine is and how it just simply falls in line with the rest of the insane foreign interventions that the neocons have advocated for in my lifetime. But then to counter that, you've got the neocons themselves saying this headline, how Ukraine can win a long war. Well, the war in Ukraine has just passed the 18th month mark. 
The country's people, having fought and won three major offensive campaigns in 2022, are now using a mix of old Soviet and new Western equipment to fight a campaign in the South. Although severing the land link between Russia is an important aim, so is liberating large swaths of land. I mean, they're essentially just saying, like, look, this will go on for years. It'll go on for years and years and years, and it'll be a proxy war against um, Russia by NATO and the USA. And as long as we just, you know, keep funding this and allow this war to continue into 2024 and beyond, so they say given this war will likely continue into 2024 and potentially even longer, the U.S. and Europe need to come up with uh, a plan, a strategy for Ukraine. It's just like, you know, patriots who actually care about this country and actually don't want to see hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian people become killed or maimed in this pointless pursuit of you know, victory in the global uh, chess game. And then you've got the neocons themselves being like, no, it's fine. It just has to go on forever. No, they'll win if we just keep funding it forever. If we just allow it to go on to 10, 20 years, then victory. I'll tell you what, once a war has gone on for two years, there are no winners in that war. They're just varying degrees of loss. Horrifying, but that's the reality. The scam of the Ukrainian war is becoming so apparent that even the New York Times can't ignore it anymore. New York Times saying, where is the money? Military graft becomes a headache for Ukraine. The removal of Ukraine's minister of defense after a flurry of reports of graft and financial mismanagement in his department underscores a pivotal challenge for Volodymyr Zelensky's wartime leadership, stamping out the corruption that had been widespread in Ukraine for years. Official corruption was a topic that had been mostly taboo throughout the first year of the war. Well, not for us. Taboo for you disgusting warmongers stealing hundreds of billions of dollars from the American people and sending it to the most corrupt government on earth. So it's stolen wholesale and used to buy villas and sports cars and private planes. Yeah, it's gotten so bad. Uh, Zelensky announced Sunday night that he was replacing his defense minister. Specifically on the uh, theft and graft that's been going on. Which, of course, we can't actually get a handle on because the Democrats voted down a measure to actually audit where all of that money is going in Ukraine. They don't want us to find out. They actually voted for us not to find out where it's all going. Not because they don't want to know, but because they already know. See how that works? See, they already know where it's going because they're involved in the graft, so they don't want anybody looking into it, obviously. Caitlin Johnstone has another great write-up on this. U.S. officials keep boasting about how much the Ukraine war serves U.S. interest and pointing out what a cynical and and, really just disgusting way of behaving all these politicians have. Anti-war's David DeCamp recently observed this type of investment talk about Ukraine has been getting more common. Last weekend, Mitt Romney called the war the best national defense spending I think we've ever done, saying we're losing no lives in Ukraine and the Ukrainians are fighting heroically against Russia. We're diminishing and devastating the American, the uh, Russian military for a very small amount of money. A weakened Russia is a good thing. You know, re- reflecting what Lindsey Graham said, where he's just like, if we can, if any dollar spent helps kill Russians, it's good. Absolutely disgusting.
just goes on and on. It's just a complete and total and utter scam. And they're basically open about this. Now I want to play a, a couple videos here. Changing topics a bit. This is a clip 12. The New Zealand Prime Minister said this weekend, the government didn't face force anyone to get the vaccine. Nobody was forced. It wasn't mandated. Not here in New Zealand, which of course it was, and it was one of the most brutally oppressed places during COVID. Well, let's go to clip 12 here. New Zealand PM says government didn't force anybody to take the vaccine. Let's watch. All right, so you, you heard it right there. We can take it down. You heard it right there. Nobody was forced. Nobody was coerced. If you took the vaccine, it was on your own volition. Interesting, because here's the exact same guy uh, in 2021 saying, we will hunt you down to force you to get the vaccine. Clip number 10. I think early next year we'll be in the phase of chasing up people who haven't come forward to get their vaccination or have missed their bookings and so on. So uh, everyone will be able to get a vaccine between now and the end of the year. Uh, but of course, you know, and I want every New Zealander to come forward, but human behaviour suggests that there will be some people that we have to actually really go out and look for, uh, and, and some of that may spill into next year. But our commitment is everyone will have the opportunity to get the vaccine by the end of the year. Uh, everyone will, uh, but I can't say that, you know, that we're not going to have some hesitant people or some people who just haven't come forward that we don't have to go out and find next year. Yeah, we'll just go out and find them. We'll track them down, force them to get the vaccine. And then in two years, we'll say nobody forced you. It was your own choice and we don't have to pay for any of the horrific side effects you've experienced. It's a win-win situation for us. And that not that something else? And in, the, uh, in terms of the vaccine, COVID and everything, we have a video that we'll play in the first five minutes of the next hour that was actually removed by twitter of robert f kennedy jr talking about pfizer's trials very rare these days that a video get outright removed from twitter but this one was and you'll see why when we play that for you but elsewhere we've got some other uh, political domestic news here we go that's a headline from Gateway pundit black lives matter activists protest in ohio after a pregnant black woman was shot dead as she tried to run over a cop. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, we had a uh, whole lot of Black Lives Matter protests in 2020. It was a huge deal. They got everything they wanted. It was an election year. Then they went quiet for a long time, and now we're coming up to another election year, and here comes Black Lives Matter again. What a convenient prop for the Democrats to use to convince everybody that if you don't vote for them, you're racist. Please don't fall for it. These people are scum. Soros' son complains that another MAGA-style presidential victory would imperil globalist vision, which has to do with that previous story, and that he is one of the primary movers of Black Lives Matter and has been orchestrating riots since the beginning. We won't play the clip here because we don't quite have time, but Biden was asked about why he hasn't visited East Palestine, the site of the massive uh, explosion 
chemical attack on American uh, soil. And he was asked, uh, why haven't you gone? And he said, oh, there's just no time. There's so much to do, which is odd because every time we see President Biden, he's lying on the beach. So that's kind of interesting. New York Post says slacker in chief Biden keeps record, keeps up record 40 percent vacation paced despite disasters. So again, it's, it's amazing how he can just lie to the media's face like this and they don't even say anything. They're so cowed. It's disgusting. She's like, oh, we're so busy. There's no time. Not one of them is like, uh, haven't you spent the last month on vacation? This headline threw me for a loop here. It's talking about San Francisco. It says drugs are sold out. What? Drugs are sold out in San Francisco? Sold out in the open. Oh, okay. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, my God. I thought they were sold out. No, they're sold out in the open. Sorry. My bad. The InfoWars Live Silver Bullet Colloidal Silver has finally returned. To celebrate this powerful product's long-awaited homecoming, we're slashing $10 off the asking price, passing the savings on to you. Silver Bullet is the answer to Alex's extensive search for a powerful colloidal silver product that utilizes high-quality processes that has applications for both preparedness and regular use. Concentrated to 30 parts per million in a pure base of deionized water, this survival silver is the perfect fit for you and your family's routine and emergency supply. Beloidal silver is an amazing natural product that can assist your body's many healing processes. Do a deep dive, research the possibilities of colloidal silver yourself, and don't miss out on this limited time offer of $10 off. Try InfoWars Life Silver Bullet Colloidal Silver today. Available right now at InfoWarsStore.com.